Yeah. So it's called the Loud Family Bill. And mm-hmm. it's for a $50 surcharge for if you bring your kids to the restaurant and they're misbehaving and you're not parenting them properly. So it says, um, Lindsay Landman, her husband Kyle, and their two kids were joined by four other families at a Georgia restaurant, adding up to 11 children at the table. When they saw that the eateries, I'm using air quotes, adult surcharge warning on the menu, she thought that it was a joke. Uh-huh. Okay. So there's several notes at the bottom of the Blue Ridge. That's the name of the restaurant. The restaurant's food menu at the bottom. There's all kinds of things regarding etiquette, payment. There's rules at the right. bottom, right? It says um, there are more traditional rules like be respectful to the staff. But the one that caught their eye was an adult surcharge for adults unable to parent their kids. Mm. It was $50. So you know what that right reminds me of? What? That is so wild. It, it, is it do you think it's good? Uh, well eleven I mean, kids at one party table. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. I'm Janelle. And I'm Eddie. And we're the Copelands. We are entrepreneurs, parents, business and life coaches. Lifelong learners is so much more. On this podcast, we share some of our best and worst experiences. <laughs> From raising kids to building businesses or having a career you always dreamt of, we tackle it all. And all the funny moments in between. Look, life can be a challenge and sometimes you just need the right friends to help you push through. Pushing you to the right mindset and perspective that shifts life in your favor. So if you're like us and you're always looking to grow, laugh, and dream big, this is the place for you. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. You were supposed to beat me. I'm Janelle. And I'm Eddie. Whatever. Do it yourself. Do it yourself. No, that's okay. Uh, You've already done it. I'm not going to repeat something you've already done. Redundancy drives me crazy. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Who are you? Well, hello. Welcome again. Hello there. Um, Fancy seeing you here. Absolutely. Um, In today's episode, we are going to be talking about raising children, responsible, good humans. And I think it's a PSA. Okay. And I think it's like a checklist that should be mandatory. Do you agree that just like you would take a class or a course to learn how to drive a vehicle, you should probably take some sort of like parenting prerequisite before you get approved to have a child? Nah, I think you should just wing it. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I mean, people have been winging it for so long. Yeah, just... and look how we turned out. Fantastic. We were talking about it the other night, like the things that we were put through. You know, I think that the learning grounds. I, I I think that people, the idea of having kids, um, is a great idea. Mm-hmm. The actual act of living a life that role models like what you would want your kids to uh, like expect from the world, part how they participate in the world, how they act, all those things are a totally different story. And so I think that that is where people go wrong. They go, oh, having a kid that sounds fun, but you know. Just know lots of responsibilities. Yeah. You are growing a human being. That's that's not a, that's not a tall order, right? I've I've seen people treat their dogs better than their kids. Oh yeah, for sure. Like train their dogs better than they train their kids. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) I agree. Like, and they'll invest in all of the things, but then like won't know what to do with their kids. Right. Right. So I have a what in the world. Okay. 
there was an article on uh, People magazine, mm-hmm. and it says Georgia restaurant adds fifty dollars surcharge to loud family bill for adults <laughs> unable to parent. What? Yeah, so it's called the loud family bill, and mm-hmm. it's for a fifty dollars surcharge for if you bring your kids to the restaurant and they're misbehaving and you're not parenting them properly. So it says. Um, Lindsay Landman, her husband, Kyle, and their two kids were joined by four other families at a Georgia restaurant, adding up to 11 children at the table. When they saw that the eateries, I'm using air quotes, adult surcharge warning on the menu, she thought that it was a joke. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. So there's several notes at the bottom of the Blue Ridge. That's the name of the restaurant. The restaurant's food menu at the bottom, there's all kinds of things regarding etiquette, payment. There's rules at the right. bottom, right? It says um, there are more traditional rules like be respectful to the staff. But the one that caught their eye was an adult surcharge for adults unable to parent their kids. Mm. It was $50. So you know what that right, reminds me of? What? That is so wild. It, it, is it, do you think it's good? Uh, well, I eleven mean, kids at one party table. Well, I, I I think that that's reasonable because you they you know, most most restaurants when you have a large party will charge will charge a, a surcharge for the large party, mm-hmm. right? So they'll just include the tip. But the, this is called the loud adult surcharge for adults unable to parent. That's the name of it. Yeah. Well. um, it's odd isn't that crazy who's to to determine that like i mean is it one outburst is it multiple outbursts like like who's determining whether or not the kids have gone too far and now they need to be charged too far how many times have you seen a kid throw something from the table okay that's too far okay so let's talk about this because i think like once you throw something okay you should be slapped with the fine right oh okay yeah so oh you said removed like not even like I mean, charged. Like you, you got to Depends. Go. Okay. Like, if you throw food at another, uh, you know, customer, patron, patron yeah. yeah, you're out of here. Like, okay. you're, you're done. Right. What about the kid that slaps another patron? You know how like yeah. they're at a table, right. the booth kind of leads over <laughs> to the other table. Do you know, I've had my hair pulled. Like, yeah. so what if a kid doesn't know any better, but the kid's standing up, uh-huh. they reach over to your booth and they slap you in your head. Okay. What do you do? So you got two things. The kids either, uh, you ask the parent and the children, you, you must leave or. No, you're the guy that got slapped. I know. What do you do? You ask oh, them to leave. If I get slapped. Yeah. You got slapped in the back of the head by a two year old. I'm going to turn around and say, okay. All right, parents, you got two things. You can leave now. Okay. No consequence. Okay. Or number two, I slap whoever volunteers. (laughs) As as tribute? As as tribute. As retribution for the slap that I just took right now. Okay. Right? And it was a hard slap. Like, this kid's hearty. Like, I I was in the middle of, like, eating. And he just, wham! And my food came out of my mouth. Uh Uh-huh. And I laugh at you, and you've got, like, a little sting to your head. Yeah, like, it burned a little bit. Yeah. Uh No, I'm slapping somebody in that family. No, I'm just joking. (laughs) <laughs> but do you turn around and say, excuse me, your kid just slapped the shit out of me? Like, <laughs> right. What do you say? Because yeah, you're mad. Yeah, I'm like, um. And, if, and it, they're talking and they didn't pay attention. They didn't so they it. didn't even see it. Yeah, and then you say, hey, I just want you to know he just slapped me. And they go, oh. 
Chad, did you do that? And they just yeah. make him sit down. No, no apology. Okay, then no I have nothing. to say, if, there, if there's no consequences, then I get to slap the little kid. Okay. Oh, I'm just joking. You would <laughs> never. I'm just joking. I would never slap. I'm just, I, yeah, I think that there needs to be some type of consequence because you can't just go around slapping people. Okay. Right. And if you get away with it at a young age and people just kind of chalk do it, it up, when you're older. You're going to do it when you're mm -hmm. older, right? And so I think there needs to be a consequence. I'm not saying that somebody needs to hit the kid, but. He needs to know. <laughs> but what if, because um, I've seen that, like kids do some salacious shit and the parents just like, oh no, it's too okay. busy to like notice. Right. So if they were in the middle of a conversation, laughing, joking, having drinks, and they didn't even notice the kid hit you, but they also didn't turn around and apologize and they weren't like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. You know what you should do? You know what I would do? What? I just thought about this right now. What? I would turn around. I would grab my ice water uh -huh. and I would just pour it on the kid's head. <laughs> <laughs> and then just pour it around, turn it around, and just start talking. And while the, the kid screams and everything, they're like, oh my God, what happened? I'm like, oh, you did. I don't know what happened. Did you know? Do you know what happened? I was just. So you would mess with the kid? Oh, yeah. I think there are not really bad kids, there are bad parents. I don't know. I've seen some real. I mean, my little cousin threw a D battery at my head. He was Ooh. bad. My cousin Bryant was bad. Yeah. yeah. Well, did his mom parent him yeah. different? Like, no, he got the same type of, you know. Okay. You know. So then there are bad kids. Yeah. He, he it, threw a D battery was, at yeah, your head. Yeah, he threw a D battery at my head. And then one day it was my, my birthday, and I was on the floor and just watching TV. He walked up and kicked me right in the eye. I don't know why. He's how many years younger than you? Like seven or eight. So you were just getting punked by a little baby. Right. I was like probably like, yeah, he was like a four or five years old and kicked mm -hmm. me directly in my eye <laughs> and i'll never forget that okay yeah. so back to the restaurant and I, I, I could get him back you know I fifty dollars surcharge <laughs> should they have to pay that yeah so it's i mean willy wonka he kicked him out remember when he on the old willy wonka movie no you remember charlie chocolate charlie, I did not. charlie chocolate charlie. say it fast one time <laughs> <laughs> what Charlie, are you saying? Charlie, Charlie and the Chocolate, chocolate factory. factory. Yeah, yeah. Say it by yourself without Charlie me. and the Chocolate Factory. Okay. Um, I don't know I why I wanted remember. to say Charlie and the Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> Charlie and the cho Chocolate Factory. When the when they broke the rules. Okay. Like Willy Wonka kicked everybody out, and when they went to go see him, he had a contract, and he said it was very specific. You know, if you do this, you know, it's over, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and he reads the whole thing. We'll have to put it in the the uh the clip of that. That's one of my favorite parts of that movie. Oh where my he's all like, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He reads the contract with the little um what is that called? The A magnifying glass. It's not the it's not a microphone. well, yeah, it's a magnifying glass. Okay. But, um so yeah, so it's the same thing. You break the rules, you got consequences. You get charged, you get kicked out, you know. Kids remember that stuff. Okay. So again, you you think that if you you have friends that have little kids, right? right? So let's say we all meet up for dinner. We've got 11 kids between all of us. They're pretty rambunctious. The, kid, the parents are not really paying attention. And the, the kids are doing whatever they want at their table, running around, whatever. Right. Should there be a fine? Yeah, but they should pay it because we don't have kids. I think the fine... Um, is important because I think that, you know, I think oftentimes parents have a tough time reprimanding and getting their kids under control. Mm -hmm. And so I think that it should be a motivator to make sure your kids were um, well behaved. 
and, and this is coming from us. Like we never, the kids never misbehaved in restaurants. They never threw fits. They right. never like, like you know, made a scene. Where I see some kids, I'm like, oh my yeah. lord, like what is happening here, right? So, so I just googled it to like explain what some of the comments were because there were over like 3,500 comments. Right. Some people are in the camp of, oh god, they're kids. Let kids be kids. What does that mean? I don't know, but those parents I have a problem with. Yeah. Like, well, kids, they don't. Like kids don't have to be rambunctious. Like kids can be kids. But here's the other thing. The other half of the camp is like, keep your badass kids at home. Like if they don't have the manners or they're not old enough to respect a public place. Or 100%. Then you shouldn't take your kids out to a restaurant. We're not talking about. And then people come for them and they're like, well, how are your kids ever supposed to acclimate around other humans? I don't know. That's not my problem. <laughs> if you're gonna if you're gonna bring the little rugrats into the world that we're all in right now, they need to be ready for it. Okay. Right. But I also think that, like, it just takes little things that the kids do that you put it into, and they under and like you you it's like you get a new puppy. Okay. And you got to socialize the puppy. Mm-hmm. You slowly bring them around people. Mm-hmm. You get you slowly bring them around other dogs. Mm-hmm. When they do something they're not supposed to do, there's you, a consequence. There's a consequence, right? Right. You like, do sound therapy you to sound, introduce all them that to stuff, different things. Right? Uh-huh. And so as you bring kids into the you know into the you know restaurants and different mm-hmm. places, you treat them like little puppies. Yeah, you, you you have to acclimate them. They mm-hmm. got to socialize them. They got to be. But I think that this idea of let kids be kids, mm-hmm. what does that even mean? Right. Right. Does that make the means that they have no rules? Does that mean is they just, you know, create havoc and that's okay because the kid is being a kid. But so there were hundreds of comments that said, you know, kids are being held to these unrealistic standards. Let kids be kids. And I'm like, well, they can be kids all they want in their backyard. Like you should. You should absolutely let Let your kids go crazy. They should finger paint. They should put it in their hair like they should be crazy. In the environment that's appropriate right. for it. Yeah. Now, at a Chili's on a Wednesday night when I'm trying to eat my meal Sit after down, work. Eat your food. Yeah, you're and, in a public place. Right. Keep and your voice I don't down. want you acting a fool. Right. And so then other people are, you know, they're that's that's a thing. It's like we're holding them to these unrealistic expectations. And then those people get attacked because they're like, well, your badass kids are the ones ruining my time at a restaurant. Right. They also wind up being badass adults, like mm-hmm. because you don't have any consequences and they should just do what they want to do. Right. So there's this full out war in the comments about parenting. And I thought it was just <laughs> extremely interesting that people can try on these beliefs and be so convicted in their argument. Yeah. And I think that that's like the, when people say like, let the kids be kids. What they're also saying is, is let allow them to respond or act on every impulse they have. Mm-hmm. But that's not what you want them to grow up to do. Right. Right. You want them to grow up to have impulses and to have emotions, but to be calculated and use good decision quality and like, you know, read the situation, read the room, like understand, yeah. like all these dynamics that you want kids and you want your young teenagers to to understand a role model, like that starts really young. And so I think kids will be kids. And then when you're in a place where you want them to act a certain way, you need to teach them to act that way. Yeah. So then someone says, well, what happens if the family has a child who has a spectrum disorder? If the child's going to be overwhelmed by the restaurant, it seems cruel to put them in that type of environment for the first place. And then there's 180 comments like, well, it's cruel to me because, you know, even though there's something wrong, it's still disruptive for me. Right. 
And that kind of like makes me think about when you're in the theater, like our kids are actors. And so you're in the theater every time before a production begins, they say, if you have a small child that starts to be disruptive, please quietly step out until they're settled down because it disrupts everyone else's ability to enjoy the performance. And I have watched parents sit there and act like they don't hear the kid talking. And I'm like, Oh my God, did you not get the message? Because everybody heard and this kid's screaming in my ear right next to me. And yeah, it's just frustrating when parents are like acting like they don't see it or hear it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I was wrong. There are 4,888 comments on this. So many children haters in the comments. This is such a sad (laughs) world we live in, right? Why can't people just be grateful for kids doing their best? We all have to learn how to behave in public at some point. So maybe that visit to that restaurant and that place at that day, they can learn a little bit about being a good guest in public. I'm tired of rude, judgy people, adults who are unable to parent, please. Have a good day. Finally, who are who's the behavior determiners that will, you know, decide if this family gets charged? This lady, she seems a little, yeah. You know, the determiner is if we're sitting down having a, a dinner, uh-huh. and if more than three times you're disrupted, it's a problem. Yeah. So then another mom says, well, some kids have disabilities and can't control themselves. This is awful, right? Yeah. Children haters. And someone said, then stay home with your kids. <laughs> I'm, it's, is it facts? I mean... I mean, you're literally saying my kids have disabilities and they can't control themselves. First of all, I am so sorry for that. I'm not making light of that or making fun. But like the the comment, there's 46 other ones. Then stay home. Yeah, it it may not be the right environment. So then she's saying it's discriminating against, you know, disabilities. And this is disgusting. And people are like, yeah, I don't think 11 of those children had disabilities. right? Right. That's not the case. Um, and then someone, this is a great comment. She said, is there also a charge for people who talk on speakerphones in public? Oh, yeah. I definitely think there should be a charge oh, for that. 100%. I was in a what gift is shop this, the other this day. This is like a new, like, like this new mm, wave. Someone very close to you no, talks repetitively on no, speakerphone I, 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 in I public understand, setting. But I'm saying what I have found is young people, there's this new wave of like, like FaceTime without headphones. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like. The FaceTime is going on and people are just talking in yeah. public. And it's just like, no, that is a personal device. Mm-hmm. Make it more personal. Put some headphones on. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. Because you know how I feel about public noise. Yeah, I know. Okay, so <laughs> this person says, I love how everyone acts like they were never a child. <laughs> I was not a child that could act like that. I'll tell you no, that. No. When are we going to stop hating on children in this country? Like, okay. And then someone says, there's nothing worse than hiring a babysitter. And you go out to a place where the parents let their kids run free. Like, but the babysitter becomes the one that like can't control them mm-hmm. because the parents don't have any consequences, right? So, yeah. And then people, are, look at all the perfect parents here. Kids can't even be kids in public. There are more of those than if my kids were disruptive, I would absolutely understand that there was a surcharge. Yeah. Like maybe it required two extra, you know, servers. Right. Maybe they made a complete mess. Have you ever seen the carpet underneath a table? When ki- oh my God. We were there. We offered Horrible. to clean it many times. Right. right. So I don't know. It's just so interesting. Like we're going to get into a podcast right now about parenting, but most of these, you know, 
like this lady says, as a child, I wasn't taken to restaurants. I stayed with my grandparents while my parents went out for an evening out. I was raised, you know, um, where kids weren't really taken to restaurants. Like, what can't we get back to that? Take them to an appropriate restaurant like McDonald's. They have a playground like right. that's perfect for them. Right. right. So, yeah. And then someone says, I have two kids and I love this surcharge. If you can't control your kids, then you shouldn't be taking them out to eat, period. There's lots of people attacking her. Yeah. But, you know, I, I just feel like it shouldn't be an attack. I feel like it should be something we think about, like how it impacts others. Mm-hmm. Like we're in a social setting. It's a public place. And so that leads me into today's, you know, topic, which is like, what things should you be teaching your kids before you send them off into the world? Mm-hmm. And I think there's 10 million things that we could talk about, but some things that I think are like more adult based that your kids should know before you consider them an adult who can be responsible and like take on the world. And so I'll start with number one, financial literacy. Mm -hmm. They need to know how to build credit. They need to understand what a budget is, how to save, um, you know, the basics of how to manage a bank account or pay bills, pay credit cards. Like what does it mean if you don't pay your credit card on time. Mm. What does interest charges mean? Like things like that. Uh, basic knowledge of like taxes and like how their wages will be taxed. Um, I think financial literacy is a big one. And I want to go a little bit further because like I, I run into this and we've had this conversation with our kids about like they you know, at one point they called us raging capitalists, mm-hmm. right? So, um, but I think it's important that we ground you ground your kids in understanding how the economy works Mm, right good one because i think when you when you teach them like goods and services are created which create demand and that demand dictates price and then over time because of the competition of 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 corporations and companies and products uh, usually you get the best product at the great price right which really drives our economy and people get to make a living and all those different things right but I think that what gets lost in all that is that people, if you don't teach them that, then they think that like things should just be given to you, right? Things should just be served to you at some point and that that it will be okay if there's nothing that they have to pay into or they have to do to get it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is opposite of how the economy works. And, we, and then you get into the situation which we are now where you have really high inflation, you have all these different things. And the same folks that are, you know, like the kids that will say, the same people who are complaining about the prices, but they also don't realize it was because, hey, we put $4 trillion in our economy and now mm-hmm. prices go up. And right. now the things that you want you want to try to afford we you can't afford mm-hmm. because now it's it's such, such a high inflation because you wanted everybody that worked at taco bell and mcdonald's to make 22 dollars an hour now the burger costs you right 16 and right? i'm okay with them yeah. making 22 dollars mm-hmm. an hour you just need to know how it works how yeah. it works and right? i think the conversations we had with the kids were very much like that like you know okay so let's talk about if we increase wages for workers which i'm all for we Minimum wage when I started working was $3.75. Like I was all about like, yes, I need to make more. How do I make more? This and that. Fast forward in 2023 in Los Angeles County in January, food service workers are going to be making $20 an hour. Right. That's a lot of money for a very first job because you flip burgers at McDonald's or you fry fries at, you know, Del Taco or something. 
And I'm not saying it's not worthy. Like all these places would not be open if we didn't have workers. Right. But then you have to know how that impacts the people who are actually patrons of these businesses. Right. So, you know, if I have to pay everyone as a small business owner over $20 an hour to be competitive to take on their very first job with no skills. You don't know how to help customers. I have to teach you everything. Sometimes as a business owner, you feel like you should be, your parents should be paying me to teach you these life skills, right? right? Yeah. And so I agree with you. I think that you should have those conversations about how the economy works. And that kind of slides a little bit into politics. Mm -hmm. Like we never told them how to vote. Right. We explained to them like, this is usually what this means. This is how you arrive at this, right? This is what this bill or policy really translates to. This is how it will impact the community, the, you know, the people involved or whatever. And like having them be challenged to critically think about right. how it could be a good solution for everyone, not just one specific party. Yeah. And I think that thinking through and teaching them third, second, third, fourth level consequences mm -hmm for things that we may want now, right? right? We may want to vote for someone that's promising something, but what mm -hmm. are the consequences down the road, right? right? Or what you may want a stimulus check, right? Because you want to go buy a Beyonce ticket. That's great. But what is the consequence if everyone gets a stimulus check? All right? of a sudden, that dollar is not worth a dollar right, like right. it once was, right? So <laughs> I think that you're right. So number one, financial literacy. Number two, can we just talk for a second, cooking basics. Like I said <laughs> this in a few podcasts. If you have a son, you need to teach your son, daughter, whatever you have, how to cook meals for themselves. They need to know how to not only cook, but like how to shop for proper nutrition, how to yeah. make basic meals. Like, do you have family recipes that they love that you can share with them? Uh, when the girls went away to college, I shared a note with them that's like, here are all the favorite foods that we make. Uh, they know that I don't really measure like I teach them to cook by taste and stuff. And so like here are the ingredients, but you figure it out. Right. And so I, I just am seeing now that they have had exposure to other classmates while away at college. Like some of these kids don't know how to make anything other than top ramen or box mac and cheese. Right. And so what happens is your health winds up suffering. Right. And so then before you know it, you're 25 years old and, you know, you don't have great health because you don't really know how to eat really healthy. And so I think teaching your kids the basics of simple, healthy meals um, and understanding basic nutrition helps set them up for a lifetime of health, good health. Yeah. And if you are an adult right now, I'm calling you out. I'm just going to do it. I'm looking in the camera. I'm do calling it. you out. Who are you if, calling out? I'm calling out all my non-vegetable eaters. <laughs> <laughs> my brother-in-law Mitchell is getting eat better. Vegetable. Yep. I love you dearly, but grow up. Yeah. Okay. Find a way to learn how to cook it so that it tastes good because vegetables can taste very good. Right, but it's back to the parents though. If your right. parents never forced you to eat vegetables because you didn't like them, how do you expect them to eat them as an adult? Okay, so this is goes into another piece. There's going to be a point in time, and, and you you told me this because you read this in the book. And reparent yourself. You got to reparent yourself. Yeah, that is like actually the, the last point on <laughs> oh, here. Okay. I mean, <laughs> at some to point you're going to realize that I should probably have vegetables, right? Yeah. Like all of this, you know, this this science and all this talk about you know leafy green vegetables right. and, and 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 all the stuff that's really yeah. healthy and uh -huh. really good for the me. Superfoods. I need to find out 
there, there's no excuse. No. Right? There's, Pinterest. You got Pinterest. Yeah. Do you know how many TikTok videos that yeah. I've seen of like healthy, oh, amazing well, well-made yeah. food? You're yeah. like, nah, save that. Kayla said sometimes she goes to chat GPT and says, I have these five ingredients in my fridge. I need recipes for Hack. dinner. Help me. And she's like, they give you some good recipes sometimes hack. too, like when you're desperate and on a budget, right? Yeah. So I think that's a really good hack. But, you know, Jordan, I mentioned in another podcast, like she's looking at some of these people's foods and she's like, oh God, like, what are you eating? You're going like, to die. Here, have some of mine, right? Like I made this vegetable <laughs> she's soup. She's treating but, like they like, yeah. oh my she's goodness. She's like, that's not sustainable for good nutrition. Like yeah. we're here to move our bodies and stuff. So 100%. it's kind of funny. Um, laundry and cleaning, uh, knowing how to do laundry, clean, you know, their space, maintain like hygiene of a house, I think is important. I know it sounds silly, but like doing the laundry. So like, for example, Jordan is in her eighth week of school, let's say eighth week of college. And she goes, mom, this adulting thing is exhausting. Like I have to go to school for nine hours a day. And then on Saturday mornings, I got to go grocery shopping. I got to lug it all home. I got to go to several different grocery stores so that way I can bargain shop. And then I got to bring it home, put it aside, prep all my vegetables, make all my meals. And then I have to clean it up. And then Sundays is nothing but laundry day, laundry, cleaning. And I think it's so funny. Yeah, I think it's great that she's like building a regiment. But I know that, you know, doing it on your own is not easy yeah and <laughs> and i don't think that they understood how hard it was to run a household until yeah. they started running one on their own and i think it's a great learning but i remember jasmine having roommates in college and she was like these people don't know how to like one they don't know how to feed themselves and two they don't know how to like hey the trash needs to be taken out and like who's gonna clean the bathtub and like and so she felt like she was constantly like on them yeah. like the mom of the of the dorm and that can feel like a really crappy position to have to hold right and then i'm just gonna say this you what? know you know teach your kids how to take showers at night you know you can't go the whole day mm. and get your dirty self in, in the bed I hygiene just, I, personal hygiene you know parish has had a whole you know infestation bed of bed oh, bugs how do you think those bed yeah. bugs got there they got there because you got your dirty self mm. from, from the day off the train off the you know the you know the subway yeah. your, your you know public places and you just got all into your bed and you just so got all snuggy. It's a very <laughs> controversial thing. I don't think that it should be, but it's a very controversial thing to tell people that they should shower before they like go to bed. Go to bed. And I don't think that it should be controversial. Like you should want to get in your bed fresh. <laughs> So, okay, let me, I have a few things to say about this. I went golfing this weekend in Santa Barbara right, with Drea. Right, And once we were like out at the golf course, you know, there, I mean, there's bugs, you're sweating, it's hot, the sun, we're outdoors, right? Yeah, you just So at one point, yeah. we took uh, a break and we were eating and I go, oh, I can't wait to shower when we get home. We smell like day. Mm -hmm. And she goes, day? I said, yeah, like outside, like we're playing, like I, this is, it's, this is what day smells like, Right. right? And so she just got a kick at that. But a few weeks ago, I went to the Rose Bowl flea market with Sophia and Marcella. And we walked around. It was 100 something degrees. We were sweating our asses off. And then we decided to like go to lunch, whatever. We come home. And as soon as we walked into my house where we were going to now hang out, I brought out washcloths, soap, towels, like into the kitchen. And I was like, in case you guys want to take like a quick hoe bath, because 
I literally have to get all this day off of me. But we didn't change our clothes because they didn't have clothes. Right. So then I proceeded to take blankets and cover all of the couches. <laughs> and Marcella said, isn't that about a bitch? Like, you're putting down stuff. We're, we're too good. To, we're not good enough to be sitting on your couch. I said, girl, you got the day on you. Mm. Like, no, I would never do that to your house. So, no, we can't stay, take our play clothes that were sweaty and, like, be lounging around on the couch. Like, why are you talking to me like I'm crazy? Right, right. I, I, I was like, what? No. Yeah, sit yeah. on the sit on the blanket. Mm-hmm. We're fine. And just know, if the Copas come to your house, we're going to have that kind of respect. If, yep, we, if we, we went will, on a hike, yep, I'm like, I'm, I'm not, not sitting, sitting on your couch. couch. No, I'm good. No, nope, I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to bring all this filth into your, yeah. into your space. No, I don't know. So you're saying personal hygiene, which I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that's a big one. Yeah, personal hygiene, cleaning, laundry, all that stuff, floss, you know. <laughs> There's a lot of people, you know, breath kind of, you know, they're mm. not getting in there, getting in between those teeth. I don't think this is necessarily for sorry. kids. I think this is oh, for adults. Oh, like, this is all of your grievances <laughs> that you have with humans on the planet. All right, all right. Okay, all right. next thing, number four, time management. I think that, <laughs> I think that, you know, as business coaches, we get yeah. lots of students, thousands of students per year that really struggle with time management. And mm-hmm. so I think that not only getting better at time management for yourself as a parent, but also throughout your kid's life, teaching them basic time management tactics, right? Like how to prioritize the things that are important. What are the must do's if you're tired or some emergency happens? Like what are the non-negotiables for the day? Uh, So you feel like you got things, you know, you were productive and you got some traction in your day. But I think, teaching them before they go away to college, like how to properly balance school, their workload, their personal life, um, just understanding the, the importance of punctuality, I think is something we have missed like as a society. And I find it really uh, disrespectful when people aren't like, you know, respectful of other people's time. Like yeah. if you say, hey, you know, I'll meet you there in 30 minutes. <clears throat> but you don't get there for an hour and I'm standing there waiting for you for 30 minutes. Like you stole time from me. I'm pissed if I'm your new yeah. friend that I yeah. just met in college. And so right. teaching your kids to not be the annoying person that lets others down when it comes to punctuality, I think is really important. Yeah. And that, that to me, I think is, is not so much what you say is what you do. Right. And so if you, you know, role model that for your kids, then I think that's something that really gets, um, you know, they pick instilled, up on yeah. and it gets instilled in them. But if you're constantly frantically running, you know, running behind. behind, you know, rushing them into the car, yep. they will like, do the same. They thing. will do the same mm-hmm. thing. Right? You 100%. used to say that you had a poor relationship with time. Right. Uh, and yours was just around your estimations. They were poor. Right. So explain what that means. So when you have a poor relationship with time, it, it means that like you underestimate or overestimate. Most of the time you underestimate how long something takes. Mm-hmm. Right. So if someone says, hey, I'm going to go to the store really quick. And someone says, how long it take? Oh, I'll be back in 10 minutes. But you really know that the drive to the store is seven, seven minutes, minutes. Right. And then it will take you seven minutes, minutes to get, get back. Right. But then also 10 minutes to shop. That is. 10 plus 7 plus 7, that's not, I'll be back right. in 10 minutes. You should say, it's going to take me about 30, 30, minutes. 30 to 35 minutes, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But I think, you know, for me, it was like, I just wanted to, like, I thought it would be quick. And yeah. so the relationship with time is just, it wasn't based off of reality. Right. It was just based on the, like, 
the idea of going mm -hmm. to the store and how close I think it is. Yeah. But people translate that into, you know, getting to work, right? Um, all the different things that are super important and they find themselves in a lot of trouble. Mm -hmm. And so I think when your kids are exhibiting having a poor relationship at time, you have to help them with that. Yeah. You have to say, no, 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 no. Let's really think about this. How long is it going to take you? Because you telling me this is going to take a long, uh, this amount of time and it takes longer than that. Yeah. You know, you're either being dishonest or you don't care about my time. Right. You're not thinking about it properly right. and making a good commitment. Do 100%. you know, as an employer, how many kids, young kids, I had to re reparent around time management? So people would be like, oh, I'm so sorry that I'm late. I was running behind. But then you pull up and you've got like Burger King breakfast. <laughs> You weren't running behind. You made a decision to make yourself to late. Yeah. And so now that you walked into my place of business, you're late for your shift, which impacts my business. Now you're going to ask me to eat your breakfast like while you're on the clock. Like that's not. And they would be like so scared. I I'm sorry. I just I was hungry. OK, wake up early next time. Right. But when you're scheduled to work and you're on the clock, that's when you should be working, not eating your breakfast. And that goes back to the the financial thing of saying, like, this is how the world works, mm -hmm. right? Right. You clock in. That's yeah. productive time. That's right. time that is being invested for you to produce something, not for you to eat your breakfast. I love that. Yeah. Number yeah. five, critical thinking and problem solving, I think is super important. So the ability to make informed decisions to solve problems and to critically do self-thinking versus herd mentality. Yeah. So here's what I mean. I was talking to a girlfriend this weekend and we were talking about like politics and like where you get your beliefs from and she said that she has friends that she is currently hanging out with that have these very strict kind of conservative I would say semi-religious views on a lot of things that are happening in the world right, right? and she doesn't necessarily agree with it but I was like you got to be careful because that's stuff I think over time the more friends that you have it slips into your subconscious and you might forget what you stand for mm -hmm. or how you need to think about it. Right. And so we talked about some critical like, what if this, this and this? And she was like, oh, my God, I like I never really thought about that. OK, well, these are the things we have to think of before we can form an opinion, right. regardless of our religious background, regardless of our beliefs and how it impacts us. Again, like collectively, how does this impact everyone if this is the way we want to view something, right? right? And I think that that see this thing, this critical thinking and problem solving, um, and I think like really deeply thinking about like events and situations in a way that helps you make really good decisions and move forward, but at the same time helps you understand. So, for example, like the thing that I, when I hear when I see that, I think of the nuance of things that you have to think about, right? You think about like the issues in Palestine and Israel, mm -hmm. right? And we have got to a place where this like linear thinking of it's gotta be one way or something yeah. else instead of it can be both, mm -hmm. right? It can be a horrible situation and a horrible attack on Israel. It also can be a horrible situation for the Palestine people. Mm -hmm. Those two things can exist. They can both Our be minds true. can actually, mm -hmm. ha we have the capacity to understand right. that both those things are, are a problem. Right. But I think we have gotten to this place where you got you to pick, pick a, side, a side. Right. And it's simple thinking. It's putting people in a box. It's not necessarily thinking about the things and its nuances in, in a critical way so that you can formulate a really good sound opinion on it. So I think this one to me is so important because it, it, it allows you to do everything else. Yeah. Right. So agree. 
Um, after critical thinking, I think self-care, it's like a, a no-brainer, right? Back to health, stress management. Um, but one of the things we talked about like to our kids before we left them in another country for college was like, what do you plan to do? Like what strategy do you have to overcome loneliness? Because you're probably going to be homesick maybe, right? What strategy do you have to overcome Um, you know, if you get overwhelmed and you need some stress, like you need to relieve some stress. And so talking to them about ways to care for their mental health and like their well-being, I think is a good, like those are good conversation starters to give them some mental strategies. Yeah. And this is the thing that I think proactively, like you have to do so that you're prepared for the worst, right? Or you're prepared for the things that happen. I think that I, and, I've, and I've told the kids this a lot. And I said, you know, in the world of where things can be, you're, you're, the biggest competition you have is within yourself, mm-hmm. right? But then you're also within the world competing, right? For right. positions mm-hmm. and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I think you still have to just focus on yourself, but just know that it's in competition. The world's competitive. It's, it's a competitive mm-hmm. thing. And I think the thing that's going to separate people is toughness, mm-hmm. right? And I, I heard this uh, interview by the coach for... Um, the, the New England Patriots, mm-hmm. Bill Belichick. And he said he has this criteria of toughness that he goes through because he finds that it's not just a singular thing. That toughness is like physical toughness, mm-hmm. there's mental toughness, there's like a, kind of a, a, a deeper like spiritual toughness. And so he talks about like kickers, right? And he said kickers are not physically tough, mm-hmm. right? But they have a job that they only do a few times during a game. Right. They may have two times where they have to kick an important kick and they score. And that's a big difference in the game. Mm -hmm. Could you imagine playing golf and you only had two shots? Well, you only could putt two times and you have to make them each time. Yeah. And if you don't, what's that do to your mental health? What does it do to you? Right. And so he was he measures players, not just on skill and Mm -hmm. talent and size, but on toughness. And I think that right now in 2023 and for the foreseeable future, the difference maker of whether you're going to find success and, and be able to have control in your life and have options and have freedom is going to be how tough you are. Yeah. Amen. Because we have we got into a place where we're not very tough. Yeah. Right. And so things happen. We crumble. We crack. We break. And if you can instill in your kids a level of toughness that they it doesn't mean they're not having any emotions. It doesn't yeah. mean they're not sad. It doesn't mean they didn't get disappointed. But they don't dwell. They don't spiral. Man, you can have some really good kids. Yeah, we had a huge conversation about that particular thing, like resiliency, when I gave my little talk. Um, And one of the things I kind of challenged the moms there uh, to do is to not shield them from everything, right? So your kids need a healthy amount of heartbreak. They need a healthy amount of failure. They need a healthy amount of like setback and challenges, embarrassment. These things are character building and they teach you how to be tough mentally, how to understand that things are not always going to go your way, how to not crumble when, you know, you don't have a favorable outcome. And so I think that kids need a fair amount of heartbreak, but, you know, around self-care, I think allowing them to experience that is a form of self-care. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Not stepping in to shield them from everything. Um, speaking of care, navigating healthcare. So Jordan is living in London. She uh, got a really bad respiratory uh, infection. She had to dial 111, which in the UK is like a, a it's like a 911 medical, you know, number. 
and needed to talk to an, a doctor, needed to make an appointment, like needed to figure out how to advocate for her health because it was declining. And so like understanding things like health insurance, like how to make an appointment, who do you call in case of emergency, um, but also like, and then managing like your prescriptions. She said, mom, you shouldn't have refilled all my stuff before I came out here because I get free prescriptions here, right? So my doctor just gave me all these new prescriptions and he actually tweaked them. So that's really good. Um, but advocating for their health when they know something is wrong is big. Mm -hmm. And so like if the doctor says, oh yeah, you're all cured and you don't actually feel better, like being able to say, actually, I don't think that's accurate. Can we run some more tests? What else can you do? Because I still think something's wrong. Um, and especially around women and like, you know, vaginal health and good gynecological, gynecological health, um, that stuff's important. Like yeah. we all should know how to advocate for our own health and safety. Hundred percent. Um, obviously, ba- I put basic first aid. Um, Learn but how to put this, a bandaid on. <laughs> yeah, this is more about like teaching them things that can hurt them. Mm. I don't. I don't think I ever told you, but when I was a kid, maybe seven years old. I had a best friend that lived across the street from me. His name was Brian. Mm-hmm. And I remember like we played together every day. We rode skateboards. We climbed trees. I was like a big tomboy. And he was my best friend. And uh, he was bragging about like my cousin. She's going to come stay with us. And I was like, oh, man, he's not going to hang out with me because his cousin's coming. But I was excited for him. So the cousin pulls up. The family's, you know, in the house. Uh, this is a terrible, terrible story. But he was maybe five or six and he was um like you know you've got a girl cousin they're taking a shower and he gets out of the shower she's in the bathtub still the water's running and he wants to blow dry her hair drops the blow dryer into the bathtub and she died what yeah you never told me i've never told you that oh my god And I just remember like the ambulance coming. It was a big thing. And the family actually moved and I never really got to see or like hang out with Brian again. And it was like a really tragic thing. Like I lost my best friend, but he didn't know. And just imagine like what that does to a kid. Like I hope he's okay now, but I I never got to follow up with him. So the point of this one is not just basic first aid, but it's like teaching kids how to keep each other and themselves safe. Basic safety. Right. And so then (laughs) I may have shared this on a previous episode, but like I hired a kid who was 17 years old. He was working in my bakery. Uh, One of his job was to fry, you know, some little churros like in a pot with some oil And he was in the middle of a conversation with my brother-in-law, Tony, who worked at the bakery, walks over to the sink and turns the cold water on and dumps this entire pot of hot scalding oil down the drain. And it blows up all over his arm. He's got like third degree burns, has to be rushed to the the ambulance, right, to the um, hospital. And it also backed up all of my drains. It caused a huge plumbing issue for me. But that was something as a boss, like I'm not thinking I have to teach you like not to do that. And so that's what I mean by like teach your kids basic safety and like how to keep themselves alive. I think it shouldn't go unsaid. Like those are two big stories that, you know, cause lots of hurt and stuff. Wow. Yeah. And I didn't ever tell you that. So see, you learn something new about me all the time. Uh, We talked a little bit about communication skills, but 
I think that this includes like listening, being assertive when necessary, and most importantly, conflict resolution. Yeah, I, the communication skills I think is is super important because if you want, if you you wonder why people misbehave more times than not is because they have really poor communication skills. So what I mean by that is they don't have the language. They don't to have articulate. the language to articulate themselves, so it leads to frustration. Mm -hmm. Right? It's like a toddler. Yeah. A, t a toddler misbehaves or, or or lashes out because they don't have the words to tell you what's wrong or what's right. going on. And so adults experience that as well. So they get into a conversation with someone or a conflict with someone. And because they don't have the words to articulate themselves, the only thing they have is emotion. Yep. And, you know, and that may turn into aggression. And so I think that if you want your kids to, to understand like, and to, be, to have the ability to have a conflict and have it resolved in a peaceful manner, then you got to teach them communication yeah. skills. You also want to make sure that like, when you're talking about important things like politics or religion or whatever it is that are stimulating conversations, they can have it without like, going crazy and like, it's okay to disagree. It's okay for someone to mm -hmm. have a different perspective. Part of good communication skills is to honor someone's, their differences and value it and say, you know, I don't necessarily agree, but I can understand how yeah. you got there. Mm -hmm. But if you don't teach your kids to be accepting of those things, then just know that they will never be able to have a, con a complex yeah. conversation about things that really, really matter. Yeah. And too far, too long in our society, we, we like, don't talk about politics. Mm -hmm. Don't talk about religion. Don't talk about this. Don't talk about that. The only re people who say that are the people who do not know how to talk about it. Right. I think you should teach them to be curious and to try on new perspectives and like learn and ask questions. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's a big deal. Moving on to the next one, digital literacy. I think now with all the technology and everything we have going on, like reminding your kids that what you put on the Internet is permanent. Mm -hmm. And if you're trying to become the president of the United States of America or <laughs> another country, like whatever it is that you're posting, it becomes your reputation and it follows yeah. you forever. Um, the same thing with like keeping your passwords and your bank stuff like safe, I guess, would go with, you know, that topic. Um, transportation skills like. I know it's maybe not going to apply to everyone, but if applicable, like teaching them how to navigate like public transportation, like basic car maintenance, yeah. like, you know, you'd be surprised how like you give a kid a car and then the check engine light comes on or the, you know, oil is low. They don't know how long they can continue to go before getting an oil change. And so that could be pretty catastrophic. Yeah, but I never forget someone told me that they had it. They, their parents bought them a, a, a car mm -hmm. and they just drove and drove and drove and drove and drove. And then all of a sudden the, the engine start light comes on, it starts smoking. And then they said, I didn't realize that you had to change the oil or put oil in the car. Oh my and God. So they went. <laughs> wow. But, but yeah, you know, knowing how to navigate public transportation, like you said, there's a whole like bed bugs outbreak in France Jordan said it's now come to London and she goes, oh, yeah, you don't like I put my hair up in the subway. I don't sit on any of the seats. I'm not bringing that stuff in my house, yep. which is another reason why she takes all of her clothes off as soon as she walks into her house, takes a shower, removes the day from her right. and then she gets comfortable. So like teaching your kids about that kind of stuff is important. Um, we talked about like kind of saving and budgeting, but like grocery shopping is one of the things it's like a hack that. I think we don't teach our kids, especially now with like Instacart, right? So this might be 
a little like over the top, but my family grew like I grew up. My first job was in a grocery store. One of the first things I learned is like just because the price tag says that it's cheaper, it might not be cheaper per ounce. Right. And so when I was teaching the kids how to shop for groceries in other countries, I was like, so which chicken is a better deal? Oh, this one's only seven dollars. OK, look at the price per ounce. And so you'll see that that actually is more expensive than buying this one. Right. So like if you buy chicken breasts and you cut them up into tenders, that's going to be cheaper than buying chicken tenders because it's already prepped for you. You're paying for the preparation. Yeah. Same thing with when you buy a bag of broccoli and it's already kind of cut and decrowned. That's going to be more expensive. You're paying for the prep versus buying broccoli crowns or sliced mushrooms versus right. not. Right? right. So teaching that them that stuff, I think, is important because it teaches them how to prepare to be on a budget and like save and shop even when they're out of college and they're on a different budget. Right. Yeah. And those are things I hope they plan uh, to pass on to their kids, like creating shopping lists. And like when you run out of things, you're not going to remember, create a list. Right. Mm -hmm. And those are all things that you just have to figure out. I think when you become an adult or you're away from your parents, this is a really, really big one. Number 13 workplace etiquette and expectations. Mm, yeah. You have so much to say about this, right? But oh the God. basics of professional behavior, punctuality, which we talked about, work ethic, what to wear for a freaking interview. Um, you know, like I remember, can you think of some of your worst interviews? One of them that comes to mind is I had a list of people that I was getting ready to interview and this particular company we worked for, it ranked them and sorted them not by their first and last name, but by their email. And one of the emails was, I'm that bitch you at, you know, AOL.com, something. And <laughs> I was like, okay, so unprofessional. Like, I wish that someone would have told this poor girl, hey, if you're applying for positions, you probably want to come up with a better email address. So just basic professionalism. M mine is the one, was an interview where <laughs> uh -huh. someone was given, like, we asked a question about a situation and they talked about like taking care of their friend that got too drunk. Mm. And I was like, are you serious right now? Right. Like that's the story that's you the story. Like, You could have told any story in the world, yeah. but this was the story you decided to take. Okay. Right. Well, thank you for, thank you for being here. <laughs> um, also how to prepare for an interview. Yeah. And this is something I know that we're very lucky to have the experience, like being entrepreneurs, being in yeah. leadership for over 25 years. Like one thing we did, I think, really well with them is like role played situational questions, uh, interview questions to help them learn what the interviewer was looking for, what kind of skills they need to be conveying as far as like capabilities and, uh, you know, experience and just helping them to like participate or anticipate what questions might be asked yeah. so they feel better prepared. Yeah. And I think that. A hundred percent, because the, the interview thing is, is super important. Even if it's your first job, like having someone practice with you is huge mm -hmm. and understanding the format of a response mm -hmm. so that you can answer a question really well, even if you don't have a lot of experience. Yeah. But the last thing that I'll say about this work ethic thing is it's important to teach your kid your best ability is availability. And mm -hmm. that means go up, come to work, show up to work consistently, mm -hmm. have really great attendance, mm -hmm. right? And I know we talked a little bit about time management, but I do think that like people really take for granted or uh, like the fact that they have a job, the fact that, mm -hmm. you know, you, they're getting paid and they 
you know, we hear it from our business owners all the time. People call out, you know, the wind blows the wrong direction yeah. and they're like, oh, I don't think I can come into work today. Like that stuff matters. Yeah. Right? Like what is your level of pain tolerance? Like a hundred percent. And so this really talks about that the ability to have endurance. Like if you call out once a month mm-hmm. or twice a month, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't know if it's maybe just me. Like I hate missing work. Yeah. Like if I'm like sick, I'm like, oh, I got to fix this because yeah. I got to go to work. Right. And, and I think that that is something that um, I think has helped my career. But I also think that you have to teach your kids that the idea of mo- in, in a career is about creating a tremendous amount of value within yourself so that it attracts money. Yeah. And if you're trying to make more money, it comes from the value you create and the, your ability to contribute at a high level not what you're owed or what what someone should pay you. I think we could do a whole podcast on just how to prepare to be better in the workplace, not even for kids, but just for adults, right? Um, Number 14, personal safety and laws and rights, right? Mm. So like the awareness of personal safety measures and understanding like uh, understanding of consent, but also like one thing that I, they brought up at the speech that I kind of gave was, Someone said, I think all kids should go through some sort of self-defense class. And I was like, we totally missed that. I wish that we would have done that having had three daughters, knowing that two were going to be living in another country. The ability to protect yourself with confidence gives you so much awareness and confidence to know that you can like handle yourself. And so I really wish if we could do it again, that we would have put them in some sort of self-defense class. Yeah. Yeah. So John, John and Ann Wong, they're winning because they've got their kids in jujitsu. <laughs> um, but like knowing your laws and rights, like we were having a, a conversation recently and I was like, OK, so if we are playing loud music and a police officer comes to the house and wants to look in our backyard and you were like, uh, that's illegal. He can't go in our backyard. Does he have a search warrant? I'm yeah. like, oh, my God, I grew up in Carson. Every time we had a house party, the. <laughs> Police would come in our backyard. Yeah, They'd no be in, yeah. yeah. So we didn't know that we could say no. Sorry, like you need a warrant to come back. Like come back for yeah, that, right? Yeah. Um, last, let's see. We're in the last few. So household management, like we talked about, like basic paying bills, rent on time, doing laundry, all of that stuff. But maybe some rules with your roommates would be good to kind of talk about so if you've got roommates like do you need to come up with rules like hey there's no dishes in the sink overnight everybody does their own dishes yeah uh no boyfriends sleeping over more than one night unless we know each other like something like that um but basic stuff that will help maintain like a good household 16 we kind of already talked about resilience and adaptability like coping with setbacks learning from failure um 17 sex education and protective a protection. So contraceptives, STDs, like being able to have all those conversations with them, super important. Yeah, I think that this is a big one because I think more often parents are talking about not having sex. They're either saying not to have sex or they're saying to they avoid mm-hmm. the conversation altogether. And then what ends up happening is that the kids learn about friends. sex from friends, right? And so I think getting ahead of this and having that conversation um, it, you know, in a lot of schools, uh, you know, try to do this, but I think at home you can make a huge impact. And I think yeah. that that's something that's super important. Yeah. Um, and just teaching them how to protect themselves, like contraceptives, STDs, all of that stuff. I yeah. know you think that maybe they don't want to talk to you about that stuff, but I think it's your duty to kind of instill some of that stuff in them. 
Uh, number 18, which is my last one, but I added your teach them how the economy works. Mm. Number 18, teach them how to reparent themselves. Yeah. Again, we said in the last episode, there's going to be things that they blame on you. And I think that you need to give them permission to understand like, hey, these are all of the things that I taught you. Hopefully I did a good job. But at some point, you're going to have to reparent yourself with all of the things that we may have missed. Yeah. And so you can't just go your whole life being a victim saying like, oh, my parents didn't teach me this stuff. You've got to take responsibility for your own self and reparent yourself and teach yourself the skills that you need to get to the next level. And I know 45 year old, you know, adults that still haven't learned the concept of like, okay, we can't cry about that anymore. We've got to reparent ourselves. And so reparenting looks like books. It looks like therapy. It looks like talking to friends or advisors, finding mentors, taking courses, all of those things will help you build skills. But I think we have to give them permission to know that they're responsible for their lives too. Yeah. So that's all I got. And I think that some people that are listening to this may be listening to this from a standpoint, like I don't have kids, but this is like, this is helpful shit. This is the things I need to be thinking about, right? Talking Mm -hmm. about reparenting yourself. Yeah. But I do think that when you find gaps in your life, and you know maybe they're deep rooted and maybe they did come from your childhood the simple fact that you have awareness of it is is enough for you to say hey i can i have enough to make a change yeah right and i think that that's the key and i think that when you do that then that you can improve your life and and have a better life yeah and we're yeah. working on that every day one Absolutely. step at a time Absolutely. one book at a time so thanks so much for listening i hope this is helpful if you got something out of it please take some time to share it with a friend a family member someone you think who could benefit from this maybe it's your kid right let us parent them i don't know don't blame any shit on us though we'll see you guys in the next episode bye all right thank you for listening to the push podcast hey we want to hear from you so if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through you got to do something for us you got to go to apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review and in that review go ahead and leave that question with your instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question and we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that hey this particular podcast is made for you so leave a rating leave a review you leave your handle and until next time push through